1: Welcome, welcome to a long-awaited episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast hosted by Sports Ethos. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, Travis Fuller.
2: Hey, Rhett. Yeah, we had a little bit of a hiatus there, enjoyed the holiday months there for a little bit, and now now we're back, diving into some hoops again.
1: Yeah, so we updated our Dynasty rankings as we did throughout these last couple months, Um, but we haven't talked about them in quite a while, and so there's a lot of big jumps. But first things first, just as a reminder as we go through this time of Travis and I not recording and this COVID protocol is making fantasy completely different than what it's ever been, is that this is supposed to be fun. And so if it's not fun, you need to do something different which means taking it less seriously, not consuming as much content, not getting frustrated that you have to stream 15 guys in a week, not that your dynasty rankings have to stretch out all the way to the 500 marks so you can get Killian Tilly into your roster. So just a reminder to have fun with it. And I am glad that I got a break from doing all of this and, and being able to breathe over the holiday season. And I know you did the same. So just, just remember we're, we're here to have fun. And even though there is some money on the line, just, just enjoy it. That's really all that
2: there is to it. Yeah, and that's a huge part of, I mean, all fantasy sports and fantasy basketball is, is no exception. Then that's why we always say, take the guys that you want. You know, if you have a guy on your favorite team, go ahead and, and reach for him a little bit and, and make sure that you're happy with your team and, and the players that you have.
1: Which is a great transition into this conversation about these dynasty rankings because there are some massive massive changes that uh, we were very shocked that we were on the same page with but also it makes a ton of sense so let's start with the top 25 and there were a bunch of guys that jumped into the top 25 that probably should have been there anyways if we were being honest but we were just a little bit skeptical and we were proven not necessarily wrong because we had reasons to be hedging on these guys, but
2: my goodness, there's some big jumpers into the top 25. And all of these guys that we had bumped up, we really liked, we liked all of them. We just wanted to see it first. And before we really made that jump and put them in the top five to feel confident taking them in the first round of a 30 team draft or in that second round of a, a 12 team. So um, yeah, all these guys that just going down that list of the players that made huge jumps, we, we like them as players. Uh, and this year, they're finally breaking out and, and moving forward. Uh, their future looks very promising. First things first, Steph Curry, uh, we jumped him up
1: into the top 10, which he should have been there. Anyways, we had hardened up that high. That was an oversight on our part. We just thought maybe there's going to be some regression, maybe, you know, all that stuff. That was just stupid. He's top 10. He needs to be top 10. And so uh, that was kind of silly. The other two that kind of were a little silly was uh, Mobley and Cade, who we had Cade pretty high. We didn't have
2: Mobley as high, but my goodness, those guys are fantasy beasts already. Yeah. We knew Cade coming in. We had him pretty high. um, And we really didn't have him high enough. Apparently now we moved him inside our top 10 sitting there at number eight. And yeah, Evan Mobley, I mean, who would have thought? We all knew he had the, the skills, um, you know, big men skills like him. You don't see that too often. But I didn't think he'd be this good on a Cavs team with Markinen and Allen as two other big men. So he's really fit in well there, better than I expected. That team's doing well. And he just looks like he's fantasy goodness for years to come. A couple
1: other guys that had 20 spot jumps just about Anthony Edwards breaks his way into the top 20 because he's just an incredible player to watch and will be an incredible fantasy player for ever because he's 20 and a half years old. He's not even 21 yet. And, uh, he's causing, he can't drink, but he's causing a lot of managers who didn't draft him early enough to be drinking heavily because boy, he has just been awesome. And he's a guy that you have at 13th. I have at 20th
2: and, We both understand why he's there. So it's not surprising at all. And it's hilarious looking at him and where he's at. Obviously he was the number one overall pick. So this is something that shouldn't come as a surprise to us, but I go back to that rookie draft. And if you have a league that, you know, has had a history, go back and see that rookie draft and see where he went. Cause I know um, I got him sixth in our 12 team and I'm sure he, he didn't crack a lot of top three, top fours in that draft. So that's kind of interesting and and funny to, to look back on unless you're one of those that passed on him, of course uh yeah that is not so funny for those <laughs> managers and not so
1: funny for you really because you yeah. traded him but you I got Damon and, and Harden so it kind of worked out there uh two more guards that jumped into the top 25 John Morant everybody knows unreal season he's he's showing the fantasy stat set that we hoped he could have but he had a couple of years of not having it. And just the way he's dominated this season is just warrants getting inside the top 20. And then Darius Garland didn't quite make it into the top 20, but he did have a 21 spot jump just about. And he is the reason that Colin Sexton will probably not be a Cleveland Cavalier because he is just so, so good, especially
2: in tandem with guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah, we knew jaw had the skills and. I mean, the talent is off the charts with him, but was he going to fall into that Russell Westbrook kind of set where he's not, he puts up great numbers for you. If you, if you need specific stats, but maybe not across the board, but this year he's really made huge improvements and that's why he's a a huge candidate for our most improved player this year. And I mean, we weren't wrong, I think to put him where we had him. And that was something that uh, I would do again when we, you know, last year just going off his numbers for his first two seasons, I mean, he was struggling to, to crack the top 150, you know, overall. So uh, this year, obviously putting it all together, an electric player. And I'm, I'm really glad because he's a really exciting player to watch this year. And another one of those guys where you might have
1: been drafting him ahead of what his fantasy production may have warranted because you liked him so much. And now you've even he's got the fantasy production to back up how much you enjoyed him, which is a shameless transition to my guy, DeJounte Murray, who is inside our top 30 and 11 spot jump, who we were the highest, I think, of
2: any dynasty rankings out there on DeJounte. And we were still not high enough based on what he's doing this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were trying to acquire him. I know you were on, in pretty much every league that you have. And it's incredible that we weren't high enough on him. And that's, that's great. Now, we don't move him up. We don't have him inside the top 25. I've seen some other rankings where he is that high. Uh, and that's mainly due to just his current role. I mean, he is the guy there for San Antonio. They don't really have a lot of talent around him. Uh, as he kind of enters that prime years, I'm hoping that they eventually can develop some talent around him as well. But uh, we mentioned it you know, just briefly before the podcast is he's a player that he can be the third option on a team, the fourth option on a team, and he's still going to have top 50 value year in and year out, which is extremely valuable.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call, quitgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: It's interesting because I look back, and over the summer when we were texting, I said, you know, I can see DeJounte averaging 17, 7, and 7. And I was too short. I was short by a couple points. I was short by one whole rebound and one whole assist. His man is inside the top 12. He's almost at nine assists, 19 points, two steals still, and his efficiency isn't even there. So if you want to have him inside the top 25, if you want to grab him at the turn of a 12 team dynasty startup draft, I would have absolutely no problems with that, which also ki- kind of ties into guys like Damian Lillard, Shea Gilders Alexander, and Devin Booker, who actually dropped down about 10 spots because guys just moved up. Like they're not it's not that they got worse or we don't believe in them. Dame, I guess, maybe did get a little bit worse. That injury is a little bit concerning and the the durability that he had is just not there right now. And so maybe it's a little bit overreactionary to just drop him that much, but any of those guys you could still take at the 23, 24, 25 spot, and it would be perfectly fine.
2: We just had to drop them down a little bit based on this year. Yeah, no doubt. And that's, that's a just a Testament of to how some of these young guys have really improved and why we had to to shoot them up the rankings. Uh, Yeah. Lillard. um, I had to move him down. I was really, really high on him just because he's so consistent but like you said he you know he the durability issue is starting to come into question um you know point guards that are a little bit smaller tend to not age as well in the league you know delivers uh, in a league of his own as far as that goes but um still that's kind of a trend that's a little bit concerning plus you have the trade rumors as well who knows what's going to happen with him and with that team because changes should be coming
1: i don't know if Damian Lillard is the type of guy who will take much of a roll hit if he does get moved. But, you know, we have no idea what that situation is going to look like. It sounds like Portland wants to build around him, which, okay, good luck. Um, Moving outside the top 30, you're actually right at the 30 mark. We've got Tyrese Halliburton, who made an 18 spot jump up to number 30. He this is probably more about projecting that Fox likely gets traded at some point because Halliburton without Fox was an
2: absolute monster. And I mean, he's been really good with him. He's basically taken over those point guard duties and Fox is more of an off the ball scorer. Now I know Fox is still best with the ball in his hand. So I agree with you. I, I do think a Fox trade should be on the horizon within the next couple of years, but I mean, Halliburton, it's, it's incredible a guy that's averaging under 14 points can be this good, you know, and we love those guys. That it, it tends to be a trend with all those guys, you know, uh, DeJounte Murray, Tyrese Halliburton, Lonzo ball, guys that don't need to score and don't need to have a lot of usage to be extremely productive. And that just tells everything about these guys and why we have them so high in our rankings. Tyrese
1: Halliburton right now on the season is 24th. This man is second round value at 13.9 points a game, not even four rebounds, 1.7 steals, 0.7 blocks, definitely float that a little bit, as well as decent uh, percentages at 47 percent and 81 percent so he's got an all-around game that's super super friendly and it seems like the kings not only seem to play better when Halliburton is in that role but it seems like they are leaning into that more and more and just the all-around stat set there is just absolutely favorable the guy who drops down a lot in the top 35 who does not have a favorable all around stat set is Zion Williamson. He is at 35 for us, 27 spots down the biggest drop of anybody inside our top 50. And there's an argument that we didn't drop him down enough based on the concerns that can be coming from a guy who's that specific in his stat set, but also this big of
2: an injury. Yeah. A really hard guy to rank and, I had him fringe top 10 before and and now you you have to move him down. Uh, there's no question about it with with that lingering foot injury, but there gets to a point and I know that's how you were doing your ranks as well when you're moving him down you get to a point where you're like, well i kind of I take that risk here and that is just outside the first round in a 30 team or in that third round if you can get Zion as a third rounder in a 12 team startup, you got to be pretty happy about that. Um, as far as the, the potential upside that he has, even though there is that that risk of re-injury in that foot. Um, there's obviously some weight concerns and things like that, but um, who knows what, what his career is going to be like. I do know I, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the court, though, because he the NBA is better with him playing. Exactly, and it's kind of weird. Like, if you want to look at this as like a trade evaluation, you
1: shouldn't be selling Zion for pennies like this is a like you don't want to take a huge hit in case he does come back healthy he's he's not even 22 years old yet so if you have Zion I'm sorry but also don't panic like if you can trade him for a similar level player somebody who wants to risk that top 10 ranking that he was almost approaching before he got injured then go for it but otherwise you better hold on and hope that he can come back healthy another two guys who are not very well-rounded fantasy players that also dropped down kind of funny Ben Simmons and De'Aaron Fox uh, 38 and 40 respectively dropped down 13 spots and 21 spots for De'Aaron Fox is this just about how long it's taking for Simmons you have Simmons way lower than I do is this just about how long this process is taking and how much of a season he's not gonna have as we approach the trade deadline
2: yeah so I dropped him down, obviously, because of just him not playing. And we don't know when his next game is going to be. It doesn't appear that he's going to play for the 76ers ever again, which I thought there maybe is the possibility that he would come back and nonchalantly play a little bit on the team. But it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. And just the words from the front office where they're comfortable waiting a year or two years to trade him. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. That makes no, absolutely no sense for them to wait that long to trade Ben Simmons. But there's a little bit of a concern there. Um, Plus, he's just a player that you really have to have a specific build around. And anytime you have a player that warrants a specific build, it's difficult to place them in those ranks versus guys that can kind of fit multiple build styles. So um, that's probably another reason I I moved him down a little bit. Makes perfect sense. That does take
1: a specific team to value those guys differently and that's why i had simmons at 28 still because i truly believe when he gets traded it will be to a situation that is as good or better than what he was at in philly and we know what that stat set looks like so moving on to a couple guys from 40 to 50 miles bridges holy smokes he cooled down a little bit he was in that first round range there for a while which is just Unreal and completely unsustainable, which we were right about, but he's still top 30 on the year. And so with that, he moved to number 41 in our dynasty rankings, 34 spots up. And I talked about him as last season closed as one of my two hot guys that I thought was sustainable. And not only did it sustain, it got better. And so a little pat on my pat on the back there for myself. And then another wing, Scotty Barnes, who is just a fantasy beast. Up 40 spots to number 43. We agree on that spot. 21 years old turning this season. It, both both guys are just huge, huge jumps.
2: And you'll notice that trend quite a bit throughout this top 100 of these rookies moving up. Uh, it's been a sensational rookie class. Uh, most of these guys are just years above where I thought they'd be and the way me and Rhett tend to do rankings. And this isn't just something that we agree on. It's just kind of a philosophy for us Is those rookies. Uh, we, we tend to be a little bit more cautious with them. And we like to make sure in a startup draft that we're getting uh, a quality player versus taking that lottery risk. Now, sometimes it works out. And obviously this year, if you took any of those rookies early, you're, you're definitely um, healing those dividends early in the, in their careers.
1: Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for just gambling on those guys, but when it comes to, especially in a 30 team, like my top three, four players, we've talked about it plenty of times. I just, I don't think you can afford to miss on those guys, even if there is value to be extracted from taking a eye like Scotty Barnes much earlier than where we had him. Moving on, we've got a guy like Time Lord jumped up 14 spots to number 53, but then we have a couple drops And Kyrie Irving dropped eight spots, which who the heck knows where to put Kyrie Irving in a dynasty rankings. I sure don't. We sure don't. But those aren't the guys I really want to discuss. Michael Porter Jr. dropped 31 spots down to 56. So he dropped outside the top 30 and now is almost outside the top 60. And then your boy Vooch dropped 20 spots down to 57. Those are – but Michael Porter Jr., that's just an injury thing. Who the heck knows what's going to happen there. Vooch is an age usage. And I just, it's just hard to have him above some of the guys in the 50 to 40 range that we had him ahead of before.
2: Yeah. And he's another guy that just gets moved down. Maybe not so much because of his performance, because he's still been a top 35 ish player, but just all these young guys getting better. Um, obviously some of these vets are going to get moved down by default as they continue to age. And Vooch is one of those guys that falls into that category. Um, He's the third option on a very good Chicago Bulls team, but he's still putting up good numbers as a center. They have no backup to really challenge him for minutes. So the minutes should be there all year um, as well as next year for him. So still a really solid player, but more of a product of just having to move down due to age and other guys getting better. Exactly. And two of those rookies that
1: bumped a lot of people down moving on towards the top 60 or so is Josh Giddy, who went up 26 spots, almost inside the top 50 for you, almost inside the top 60 for me. And then Alfred Shingun, who moved up 27 spots to almost crack the 70 mark. And both of those guys are just incredible stat
2: sets. Yeah, big time permanent numbers. Um, Their, their rankings obviously aren't going to show it yet, but if you're looking at the per 36 for both these guys, it's pretty incredible with what they can do both on really bad teams. So the minutes should start to be there, especially for Shingun and get these already getting 30 minutes a game and and looks primed to, to take that point guard duties from SGA. And they've actually fit really well in that backcourt. So um, kudos for OKC for, for at least establishing uh, a future backcourt potentially with those two guys.
1: From the top 75 to the top 100, we had a bunch of big, big movers. We had Draymond Green moving up 14 spots, Wendell Carter Jr., 14, Chris Paul, 16, Franz Wagner moving up almost 40 spots into the top 85 or so, Vassell moving up. Man, there are just so many guys, so many young guys that just came in and just, flashed an immediate stat set and then you've got guys like jonathan isaac who still hasn't played a game moving down 28 spots westbrook who sheesh moved down 11 mitchell robinson moved down 11 so any of these guys in that 75 to 90 100 range that you really want to focus on to to discuss why we moved them heavily one direction or another
2: uh yeah the one guy i moved down a lot that i had i'm creeping up towards the the top 70, top 65 range was Christian Wood. Uh, I think a change in Houston's imminent. He does not fit that timeline for that team. And I'm really nervous with, if he gets traded, what's his role going to be with a new team? Because he's never really been the guy in this league until he got signed and Houston took that chance on him. So there is some concern with Christian Wood to me. And, and that's why I dropped him down quite a bit um, to that 90. I got at the 92 range. We both do. So. Yeah, 40 spots down for Christian Wood, which is a lot, but also
1: like looking at him, he's a guy who how does he function on a good team? How does he function? What does he provide as a third option on a good team? And we just don't really know. And that's even not even taking into consideration that this year his stat set has not been that helpful because even in 31 minutes a game as one of the better players on Houston, he's 127th. And that is just not a guy that I'm super excited about having one guy that I want to bring up in this range. We do have a couple more like Mo Bamba moving up 21 spots, Cole Anthony getting up 67 spots, Desmond Maine moving up 69 spots and Tyler Harrow moving up 30. I want to talk about Cole Anthony because yes, he moved up. Yes. He's been an incredible fantasy contributor this year, but are we sure that they're building around him? Are we sure that he's a huge part of their future? He's top 60 this year in per game, but man, I would be hesitant to buy into that with how much time Suggs has been missing, how much time Fultz has been missing, even RJ Hampton to an extent. Maybe those guys aren't as big of pieces in the Magic's future as Cole Anthony, but they still are going to have some sort of impact, right?
2: Yeah, they're definitely going to impact him a little bit. I don't see how... The uh, magic can just bench Cole Anthony when Foltz and Suggs come back. Though he has been very good, and I think he's he's earned a spot to start with that team. But once they do get some players that are going to demand a little bit more usage back, uh, there is a little bit of concern there. But the, I mean, the jump is warranted. He's he's shown that as a guard, he can rebound extremely well. He's averaging over six rebounds a game, six assists a game, almost a steal. Obviously, he's a little bit of a chucker, so his field goal percentage is going to take that hit. But to me, he just kind of scream sell high right now. And that's not to mean that he can't be a good player moving forward. But if, if somebody looks at him as a potential top 55 guy and I can get one of those guys, if I can take a chance on like an MPJ or, um, you know, maybe get a Jalen Suggs. If somebody's uh, a little bit hesitant on him with the injury and, and the start to the year he had, or somebody, just somebody like that, where I can get a better player, uh, I'm going to take that. Without a doubt, he is one of those guys that
1: doesn't necessarily need the ball to contribute because he's a pretty good shooter, pretty good free throw percentage and rebounds the heck out of the ball, which is a guy like along the same lines as a DeJounte Murray. But I'm not sure the steals are there. I'm not sure the usage is going to be there. And once all that other stuff comes down, the points come down, assist comes down. He doesn't have very good percentages. I'm just not sure what that looks like. So that pretty much closes out our top 100, which is where we wanted to stop. We want to give we had so many moving pieces in that top 100 that I wanted to make sure we focused on a lot of that. And so next episode we'll be moving on from 100 to however long it takes us to get through. It might be 150 with how many massive changes we have. So <laughs> if you guys have somebody you specifically want us to talk about in that 100, 150 range, or even outside that, or there's somebody we missed as we closed out that top 100, please let us know on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer at Travis underscore Fuller 92 and at punt intended pod. And we will be sure to include those because we're here for you. We want to answer the guys that you, we want to answer the questions that you guys have and make sure we're not just talking because we want to talk. So Jav, you got anything else before we close out here?
2: Yeah, just in closing, uh, really just take these rankings as a snapshot of where we would do like a startup, where these players would, where we would personally take them. Uh, In a startup. And this could this could change next week. Um, This could change in three days, you know, a trade and and things like that can make a huge impact. So uh, that's why we try to update these rankings every month. This is, like I said, just a snapshot in time of where we think these players should be ranked right now. Uh, a lot can change in just two weeks in the NBA.
1: So. A lot will change in hopefully about two weeks as we approach the trade deadline. And so <laughs> that's kind of when we're probably going to do another heavy, heavy update is adjusting for all of the moves that'll happen. So tune into that over at Sports Ethos, as well as all of the team-specific pods that are out there covering the moves from one team perspective or another. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you again next time.